When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, listen carefully. You're listening to the SEC Insider Hit on the Bowbound Show. Fueled by Fleetway Market. Fuel up your car and cooler at Fleetway this football season. Let's go. Uh, the Out of Bounds Show is driven by the Ram Trucks at Mack Hike and Flowood. MacHikeFlowood.com for your next Ram truck, pre-owned or new. Jeep Grand Cherokee. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Our guests join us on the Yingling Lager guest line. We welcome in our friend Jeff Duncan. NOLA.com, Saints NFL insider. And, of course, author of the book, Peyton and Breeze, The Men Who Built the Greatest Offense in NFL History. Jeff Duncan, good morning. How are you? Hey, Bo. I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I appreciate you taking some time. I want to start with Sean Payton and his future. And Sean's in the media. He's been making the media rounds. I listened to his interview on the Ron Rosillo podcast. And he is going to be wooed and courted. What do you think Sean Payton is going to do in the next few weeks, Jeff? Uh, I think he's going to continue to sit back and survey the landscape and see what develops. I mean, there, there's not a lot, in my opinion, of intriguing options for Sean Payton. But, Bo, you know this. I mean, every year there seems to be a surprise opening. No one's uh, foreseeing. Uh, you know, no one can predict. If something like that happens, then I think it opens up uh, different possibilities for him. I know he wants to coach next year. That's clear, but he's not just going to run out and take any job. You know, he's not just going to take a job to take a job. He he very much wants to work in a, a successful, functional organization where every coach their their top priority is: Do you have a chance to win? You know, your chances at being successful. And he's going to go to an organization where that exists. And if one doesn't open, then I think he'll be fine sitting out another year doing TV. I mean, he's playing a lot of golf. He's traveling with his wife. They're doing a lot of fun things. I think he'll be fine doing that if if something doesn't materialize. Do you think he'll never say this, but do you think he would love to be the coach for Justin Herbert and – the L.A. Chargers. Oh, yes. No question about that. I mean, he's he's living in L.A. right now. That's where he's working Fox Sports. Got a place on Manhattan Beach. Not a bad place to be living. And Justin Herbert is, in my opinion, maybe the, the single most talented quarterback in the league behind maybe Patrick Mahomes. You can even make an argument he's, 
he's more talented than him. He's a freak. So, yes, he would love that. But I think people have gotten caught up too much in trying to predict the Peyton sweepstakes in looking at where the quarterbacks are. You know, I think that's way overrated okay. when you look at, at organizational functionality and ownership and management. That's what's most important on this list, without question. And there's still some questions in in the Chargers organization. I mean, sure. that the Spanos family, there's a history, there's a track record there. And so I don't think it's a done deal, even if it opened, but there's a lot of things that would add up. So that may take out Arizona because Arizona has it, for the most part, Jeff, you've been covering the league for about 30 years. For the most part, the Arizona Cardinals have not been able to get out of their own way. And even though, it, let's say Kyler's going to be okay, which most guys are today, Dak had a gruesome, a lot of these guys have had just terrible injuries and they can come back because of the sports medicine and therapy today. That could take out an Arizona-type franchise that hasn't operated at optimal level for more than maybe a year or two in the last 20 years. Right. A lot of people have tried to put Sean Payton there. I don't see it. I don't see it at all for all the reasons you mentioned. And then here's one thing I would say about the quarterback situation. I don't think it necessarily, if you don't have a quarterback, I don't think it rules out Peyton going there. But if you've got a bad quarterback situation, I don't think he's going anywhere near there. And I think <laughs> Arizona has a terrible quarterback situation. You have a guy that's hurt. You don't even know when he's going to come back. Right. Uh, I don't even know what Peyton thinks of Kyler Murray. He may not like him at all. I mean, he has very strong opinions about certain quarterbacks. I, I know talking to him this offseason, he did not like Deshaun Watson. He did not want Deshaun Watson in New Orleans. If he would have been the coach here, that would not have even been a pursuit. He has strong opinions. The only reason I bring that up is because he will get on a guy or off a guy very, very clearly. And so I don't know how he feels about Kyler Murray, but you can't – if you don't like him, you're stuck with him. Uh, and that contract is immovable. So that, to me, was another major reason why I don't see it happening there. It, if you had to bet a few hundred dollars – would you say he spends one more year out of the game doing media and waiting for that really, really yeah, good that, opportunity? Well, Bo, that's where it's leaning right now. But if something happens, I mean, look, if, if and I love Mike McCarthy. I'm a big fan of McCarthy. I think he gets a way too short a shrift from people. Uh, the guy, all he does is win games. I mean, they're winning again big this year, and people are still looking for his job. But – if they go to Tampa, and that's what probably is going to happen here in week one of the playoffs and get beat, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, Jerry Jones point. is a, a motivated guy to win another Super Bowl, and that team is way more talented than the Bucks. But that's a dangerous game. I mean, in, in defense of Mike McCarthy, that, that's a no-lose situation for the Bucks, right? You're at home, you have a terrible season, and you get a one-shot to knock off the Cowboys in, in Tampa. To me, that's a very difficult game. The Saints learned that lesson when they went out to Seattle a few years ago. I remember, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not going to be an easy game, but that that's the one possibility that if that were to open and, and Jones were to move off McCarthy, I think that would be a very strong marriage because that team is ready to win a Super Bowl and Sean Payton could take it over the top. But otherwise, I think he sits out. I don't think that the, everything I've been able to gather, the Saints are, are happy with the way this team has finished this year. Uh, they're supporting Dennis Allen. 
this out of principle alone, I don't think Mickey Loomis and Gail Benson would want to move uh, after one year. Uh, first of all, they'd have to stroke a massive check to do it. They could do it, but it'd be it'd be difficult. And then it, it just the optics of it are, are not the way they've operated in the past. Okay. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com, NFL Saints insider on the Yingling Lager guest line. You mentioned if things unraveled for the Cowboys and they lost their their first playoff game on the road and and Jerry Jones, you know, decided to to fire Mike McCarthy. Would I know we've linked Sean Payton and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones forever because he coached there and so on. But would would Sean go into there's kind of dysfunctional too because Jerry and Steven have never really been able to let go of something that they're really not good at, and that's the personnel part of it uh, with the Cowboys. I could argue they should have easily added, you know, a wide receiver uh, going into the year, a defensive, it's simple things. Um, do you think Sean would, would be able to function and work with them because, I mean, like reading your book, talking to you, having you up here, Sean is such a strong personality and Mickey Loomis was able to massage that and manage that, but you can't get into an F-bomb match with Jerry Jones every other day? How would that look, Jeff? Yeah, I think I think that's something he'd have to negotiate and navigate, but he's been there before. He knows those guys very well, very well, even socially. Uh, he's He hangs out with those guys. So I, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, it, I think he would see the pros outweighing the cons and okay. i agree with you i think one of the problems the cowboys have is that the general managers are the owners and when you see the team being undisciplined and everyone wants to come down on mike mccarthy a lot of that in my opinion is because the cowboys don't really put a high premium on a lot of the things that the saints do here and that is you know disciplined players uh you know guys that aren't going to make mental errors the Cowboys don't care about that. They just want talent. It's kind of the old Al Davis kind of mentality, and that can come back to haunt them, as we even saw last night in their game. They were very undisciplined in a lot of ways, and they still won because they overwhelmed them with talent. But I think Peyton would be a perfect fit for that because he he would, uh, you know, his attention to detail, his ability to keep his team disciplined and mentally tough, that's one of his great strengths. And I think that's exactly the kind of thing that Dallas would thrive on, at least that roster. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because, see, I think, uh, you know, I think Dak does an unbelievable job considering what you just described. It's a clown to a certain extent there. And Mm -hmm. because of Jerry and Steve, you know, they don't answer anybody. They're the owners. They can't – the sense of urgency isn't there because they're the GM owner and everything else. Um, I almost feel like Dak's attention to detail and leadership keeps them – tries to keep them in between the lines. How do you see it from afar, Jeff Duncan? Well, look, I think he's got to take responsibility for some of this. I mean, he's, he's, his interception totals are, you know, are what they are. They've got to be, they're not all on him, but last night, one of them definitely would hit the guy right in the numbers. Those are the kind of things I think that are holding this team back that the penalty issues. I do think Dak Prescott would be an asset in the mind of Sean Payton. He would look at him as a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, uh, and, and that roster is loaded with talent. I mean, they've got playmakers everywhere, both sides of the ball. That's why I give them a great shot 
to win the Super Bowl this year. I know a lot of people don't see that, but they showed the other day beating the Eagles. They can beat anybody in the league when they're focused and into it. The talent is just overwhelming. So um, I think it's not. it wouldn't be a done deal, though, if it opened up at all. I think it would be a heavy consideration for Peyton. And, and, and a big part of it would be because there's really no other options out there. I, I think the most important thing to Sean right now in his next stop is going to be where can I win another Super Bowl? He's won one. He's a, a Hall of Fame coach if he wins a second one. I think that drives him. He wants to be at the highest level of success. He wants to be in the mix every year. Uh, I go back to the quote Bill Parcells that he he repeats all the time. Parcells told him there's 10 or 12 franchises in the league that are functional in the playoff hunt every year. You want to be in one of those organizations. The rest are just swimming in circles and can't stay out of their own way. And I think Sean's going to land in one of those 10 or 12 in his mind that are functional. He's not going to go and try and reinvent the wheel the way he did here in New Orleans. That, that was difficult sledding, and, and he's going to be a legend here forever because of it. I don't think he wants to do that this time around in his in his career. Yeah, uh, what he did in New Orleans, just nothing short of um, remarkable. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com on the Yingling Lager guest line. All right, let's let's jump around a little bit here. Uh, what do you make of Russell Wilson? Is it is it Denver? Is it that Seattle did a much better job than we think they did with what they did with him? Is he a shot fighter? He bounces back. How does Jeff Duncan see it after thirty years in the NFL? No, I think it's a Russell Wilson issue. There's there's too many. Uh, too much smoke there from from within the Seahawks organization, right? You've seen some of the comments from Richard Sherman. I think there's some definite intangible factors that he lacks in terms of being the quarterback and face of the franchise. Uh, you have to be uh, the CEO. You have to be the, the general. Everything, that's such a hard position. There's so many things that go into it, and all those factors have to add up if you're going to be truly great. And I think there's a, there's something lacking there. Whether you know, I've heard people say, uh, you know, he's kind of a phony leader. People don't buy in. There's something there that's missing, and and that certainly has manifested itself in Denver when he also doesn't have the infrastructure, the organizational support of a Pete Carroll and a good coaching staff. Uh, it, it it unraveled on him there. Now I think a lot of that is Denver's fault. But, uh, you know, you can't hide from the fact that Seattle wanted to move on from him and has done well without him. Uh, I, I think that says a lot. Uh, you mentioned that Dennis, that the Saints and Mickey Loomis and Miss Benson are are kind of in a good spot with Dennis Allen and the way this team is, is maybe playing and finishing. Uh, I mean, we know the NFC South is, well, close to garbage this year, but what do you think the Saints are going to do? What can they do? What would be their options at the quarterback position? Yeah. I'm, I'm writing about that right now, so it's perfect timing. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they've got a very difficult road ahead. I, I see a major transition and overhaul this offseason. Maybe a, maybe a much, well, I don't think maybe, a much bigger roster transition this offseason than what we saw last offseason. I understand what they were trying to do 
though they, they went in and said, look, we've got a good roster. Let's keep the status quo, the same coaching staff. Let's keep the most of the roster intact, the leadership, this culture we've fostered over the years. It worked. It, you know, it's worked before it's going to work, and it didn't work this year. It all kind of fell apart. The roster wasn't as good as they thought. Some parts of the roster aged, and now they've got a major transition to make. It, you know, they've got to move in a new direction. And um, at quarterback, I don't see a lot of great options. I, I'll be shocked if Jameis Winston is back. Uh, they can move on from his contract after this season. I think a fresh start for him would be welcome. Probably need to get him somewhere else. Now, do you bring back Andy Dalton as your stopgap kind of transition quarterback and draft a young one? Uh, or do you try to find one on the free agent market that's an upgrade over Dalton? I know they like Dalton. Uh, I think he's a perfect backup quarterback in this league, actually one of the best you could get. But I think he's a backup quarterback. And I think in games like he, they have this Sunday, when they step up in class and they play against elite teams like the Bengals, like the Ravens, uh, that gets exposed. They're not good enough at the quarterback position. And I don't see any options outside of him right now unless they get into the quarterback market with Garoppolo or I don't think Geno Smith will make it to the free agent market. Uh, you know, the Gardner Minshews of the world aren't upgrades over Dalton. Let's talk about Minshew for a second. Uh, we're biased here because he's from here. Um, yeah. So you're not. You're, you're just looking at this like, hey, I've, I've, I've been in this game for a long time. How do you see Gardner Minshew? Do you see him as a spot starter slash excellent backup for several more years? Um, you know, Jacksonville, when he was there, Jacksonville was totally dysfunctional when he was there. And I feel he did a great job hanging on to him. What do you see in Gardner Minshew? I think he's a good, very good player. I mean, I think he's he would be a lower-end starter in the league. I think he would be very similar to a, to a Dalton. I mean, you know, there's a, a, a phrase in scouting circles and personnel circles in the NFL when they characterize quarterbacks, they, they, they designate them as either a truck or a trailer. If you're the truck, you're, you're carrying the organization. You're carrying the roster of the team. If you're the trailer, the team is carrying you. And you can win both ways in the league, but you, if you're going to be the trailer, you got to be good in the rest of the roster, right? The defense has to carry you. That's that's kind of what Vrabel did in Tennessee with Tannehill. Yeah, he said we got a guy he can be the trailer, but we're going to be good everywhere else. Derrick Henry, we're going to run the ball, we're going to play good defense, we're not going to make mistakes. That's the perfect situation with a trailer. That's what the Saints tried to do this year, and the roster wasn't good enough around the trailer, and it fell apart. That's the philosophy that you can win with in the NFL if you don't have a truck. And let's face it, there's very few elite quarterbacks that can carry a team. The Saints had one for 15 years, and they're learning the hard way what it's like, what the other half of the NFL live like for those 15 years when, when you're scrambling around trying to find somebody at that position. It's, it's very difficult. Everybody in the league wants one of those guys. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Jeff Duncan, Saints Insider, NOLA.com on the Out of Bounds Show and the Yingling Lager Guest Line. Um, you, you talked about, you wrote about this in your book, Peyton and Breeze. Let's, let's talk Drew Breeze for a second. With, with somebody that focused, kind of militaristic, loves the structure, loves the grind, the schedule, you went in depth with that about how Sean and Drew fed off each other perfectly, and it's rare that you get that cocktail in the NFL. It looks to me, I think I think Breeze wants a very structured schedule and, and you know, wants to be wanted and, you know, all that. And it looks like he may be trying to find what he wants to do. The the broadcasting didn't work. Now he's a Purdue interim assistant, whatever. Where do you see this going with Drew Brees, the way he's wired, Jeff? I, I think he's going to continue to do what he's doing, very similar to the way Peyton Manning is wearing a lot of different hats, doing a little media, staying connected to the game, has a lot of business ventures, uh, spending time with their young families. That's the most important thing for Drew right now is his family time. His kids are at the age where he really wants to be involved with their, they're just getting into sports. Uh, and he wants to have that flexible free time. So when I heard he was uh, going to be an interim with the, with Purdue, it made perfect sense to me. It's like a two week run. He gets to get back into the game a little bit, but people trying to act like he was going to coach, that was never a possibility. I mean, that is so far beyond what Drew Brees wants to do. Uh, I, I I just know how he's wired. I mean, coaching is is long, uh, you know, thank, thankless hours. Uh, you know, I've talked to Zach Streep over and over about it. I mean, he had to think long and hard about leaving the broadcast booth to get into coaching again because he's got a young family. I mean, how, many, how much time it takes you away from your family uh, – Breeze's top priority is his family. I don't see him going into that direction at all. Maybe a front office executive type job down the road, something like that. I could see that happening, but I think he'll get back into into media work before he does that. Okay. So, were you surprised that the media deal went the way it did? This first not time? really. I mean, I, I didn't think he was as bad as everybody said he was. I mean, I don't. There's a lot of groupthink out there, as you know, Bo. I mean, all of a sudden it just becomes a thing. I never watched the games and said, boy, Drew's terrible. I, I never thought he was great, but I've heard a lot of people. I, maybe I'm just not critical enough in that world, but I know flying to Stanford, Connecticut was not his cup of tea from, from his San Diego base. And, again, more more time away from the family. Uh, he wanted to point. do more games on the West Coast, and that's not where NBC – Really wanted him to do it, so I think, I think the time, uh, you know, restraints were was a big problem for him. But I think he'll get back into it, maybe on a limited basis in the future. Okay, yeah, I, I see what, where you're going. I mean, Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy are absolutely boring. I mean, that's watching paint dry. So we'll we'll see what they do as far as shaking that up. All right, man. Uh, Sugar Bowl, I, Sugar Bowl doesn't really have a butt. I mean, Bama expects to be in the playoffs and in the national championship game and win. Now, it's a big deal for Kansas State. So, are you seeing a lot of Kansas State, you know, colors around town? How's it look? Yeah. Yeah, that was downtown yesterday. There was a ton of Kansas State people here. 
I, I view that game a lot like this Tulane Southern Cal game at the Cotton Bowl. You're going to have a lot more alums traveling for that game from the underdog. Uh, it means more to them. Uh, it, it's going to be obviously a statement type game for Kansas State, a statement game for Tulane. Uh, those are blue blood programs. But I just don't know if either of those teams can, if both those teams come, Alabama and Southern Cal, come to play and are focused, and I think they will be, uh, then I think it's going to be difficult uh, for the other team. Just, just uh, I think the talent will overwhelm Kansas State in this game. I, I think given Saban a month or you know three weeks to game plan, I think it's going to be difficult for them to move the ball as well. Even, even with this Alabama defense that's not, a vintage Alabama defense. I, I think they might struggle in this game. I tell you what, Jeff Duncan, Willie Fritz is one hell of a football coach for Tulane. <laughs> God. Better believe it. To do what he did at that school, impressive. Hey, uh, happy new year. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, anytime, Bo. Take care, buddy. Jeff Duncan on the Out of Bounds show. NOLA.com, his book, which is outstanding. Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history. I'm jealous of Jeff Duncan because he's got a, a relationship with Sean Payton, and I would love to have dinner with Sean Payton. And we've had dinner with some really cool people over the last 20 years. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, brought to you by Fleetway Market. All of your road trips, fuel up at Fleetway Market in Glugstadt, Madison, Dogwood, and there are other 20 locations. Don't forget about the Market Cafe in Glugstadt. Back in a sec.